You know, classical folks like to use fancy words that, well, are often misunderstood. Words like virtue. That sounds really good at face value, but if we stop and ask ourselves, well, what does that really mean? And do we really want our children to be virtuous? Well, the answer is a good one, and it does have a lot to do with why we raise and educate our children the way we do. So stick around for this episode of Basecamp Live. Mountains, we all face them as we seek to influence the next generation. Get equipped to conquer the challenges, summit the peak, and shape exceptionally thoughtful, compassionate, and flourishing human beings. We call it Ancient Future Education for Raising the Next Generation. Welcome to Basecamp Live. Now your host, Davies Owens. Well, welcome to Basecamp in the studio with Kelly. Hey, Kelly, we're going to try something a little different on this episode. We're going to start maybe a... A new series, I think I may call it The Funny Words We Use as Classical Christian People. Ooh, I like it. Um, we, we, why do we have to have, I think every every industry has to have a whole set of vocabulary, I guess, just to Oh, kinda, man. And I'm sure, you know, you're an attorney, I'm sure there's like legal speak. The medical field. Medical oh, speak. Oh, my goodness, yeah. And so we get to classical school speak, and, you know, it's always for good reasons, and, you know, we can't have a chapel, we have to have the exordium, you know, it's a lot. We don't word. study history and literature, it's, it's we study letter, letters. Letters, and we, you know, we don't have... We don't have principles. We have deans. deans. And if we can find a Latin word that nobody knows to stick in there and make it sound better, <laughs> it's even more vir- It's amazing. There's this virtue of just complexity. It sounds like no. But seriously, there's a word that we're going to tackle on this episode, virtue. And mm. I just, it's a word that we use quite often. We say we want virtuous kids. We aspire to it. But honestly, if I said, hey, do you, what do you think of the word virtue? What comes to mind? Yeah, I think the first thing that pops in your head is Victorian England, right? Yeah. It's a protection of a woman's chastity, right? Those are there kind of the, the images we have in our and head. And so virtue is great at a classical Christian school if you have a daughter, but if you have a boy, like I <laughs> I, I think I want that for my How kid. do I form virtue I in really a boy? I really wanted a manly boy, but you're going to give me a virtuous <laughs> boy. And he's really good at, you know, playing checkers or something. But, you know, like, okay, no. It, and, and unfortunately, we don't. Modern translations don't do well at translating that. And then we fumble around and we say, well, our school teaches values or character, you know, and you get sort of this spineless, we, muscleless We stop stuff. bullying. Right. Right. Yeah. Everyone be nice. Yeah. Like, that's where, that's where certainly non-classical Christian schools end up. There's nothing to nail it to. There's no, we, that's a whole nother topic. But this episode I think is really helpful because these are words that we use. So I'm going to put a challenge out to our listeners help us with our goofy words. So if there are other words that, that you find, boy, we say that all the time, and honestly, no one really knows what that means. Yeah, I think that's a really yeah, good shoot idea. Us a, shoot yeah. us an email, info at basecamplive.com, and go, I got another funny word for you. Um, it's not actually a funny word. It's a really important word, and our guest today, um, I think, is well-equipped to tackle, explain that to us. His name is Keith Bueller. Keith is um, a philosopher, a teacher, a writer. He lives in the L.A. area. Um, he has been on staff at the college level at Asbury and the University of Kentucky, and now he teaches full-time uh, as a classical Christian school teacher and uh, and really has a heart for trying to make the complicated things in the world of philosophy simple for us. So he's, he's well-equipped for that. It's a much-needed voice. Yes. Yeah, so we're going to hear uh, what this word virtue it really means. So we're going to kind of go through a journey of hearing Keith's story. It's pretty interesting how he even got into the classical Christian school world and then um, he's going to challenge us with some things that I think will make us want to use that word more often. Sounds good. All right, let's jump into the interview. Welcome to Basecamp Live here, live at the ACCS conference with Keith Bueller. How are you doing? Doing very well. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to have you here. I'm really excited to uh, have this conversation with you. Um, 
we're going to talk a little bit about the word virtue and, and before anybody switches off and goes, oh, that's going to be really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are all these words that we throw around in the classical school world um, that are uh, not always obvious what they mean. And I think a lot of families um, maybe step into a classical Christian school and feel like they need a dictionary to make their way around. And it's a big deal. Yeah, we need a dictionary with uh, with pictures, with faces, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Solomon, wisdom. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's where that word came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, we've ta- we've actually joked about it. I think I should do this at some point. We have, like, we don't say chapel. We say exordium, which is, a, a, you know, it's, it's kind of the same idea, but we had to do it a little differently. And uh, anyway, not to go off on that, t- but I've thought about having a T-shirt made and call it, you know, like school speak, and here's the ways to understand it. So we're going to talk about virtue. Before we get to that, Keith, I want to hear a little bit of your story. So you guys are out, out in uh, L.A. We're in uh, Trinity Classical Academy. I just finished my first year as a humanities faculty yeah. uh, member there. Yeah. Um, it's my I worked for uh, Tory Academy also okay. in L.A. for five years and then went to graduate school for five years. So now we're back in L.A. Um, living in Kentucky for graduate school was my first time out of the country. <laughs> uh, but we studied philosophy out there yeah. and had some kids out there. Okay. And now we're back teaching. So you, you're not a classical Christian. You didn't grow up in this thing. I did not. I so grew where up, were you educated or how were you educated? My parents were kind of on the forefront of the homeschooling okay. thing in the 80s. Yeah. So I was homeschooled for most of my education. I went to private school for about three years. Yeah. Um, but not classical. Not classical. Okay. So how did you figure out that there's another way to educate. Well, let me back up. You've got how many kids? I've got three kids. Okay. And how old are they? Five, three, and I've got an eight-week-old. Oh, my. Brand new. Wow. Well done. Thank well, you. The world is in front of you. Um, and we're the, what a blessing, though, to discover this now with your kids. And I think that, as we were saying before we went on, on the air here, you, you really... Um, the things you care about change pretty quickly once you, uh, you know, you don't care so much about tonsils until you're about to have them out. You don't care so much about school too. So you had a moment where you said, we got to do something differently than what we had. Yeah, it was really going to college. I uh, went to the Tory Honors Institute. And the only reason I went there. That's at Biola. At Biola. Yeah. Um, I had a college counselor that said, I basically told them I didn't like high school. I left high school early, took the California high school proficiency exams, the GED. Yeah. Um, and I said, I don't want to go to high school part two. Yeah. for college. Right. What do I do? And he said, well, there's block schedules. There's great books programs. I said, what's a great books program? <laughs> so he said, well, they do Socratic seminars and discussions. What's a Socratic seminar? And that really got my attention. Interesting. And uh, I applied to Thomas Aquinas and Biola Okay. and uh, got into both, but ended up at Biola because I was an evangelical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, basically, Tory Honors, they handed me Homer and said, read this. And I was like, what's Homer, you know, besides <laughs> the Simpson. Yeah, um, yeah. And the, here's By Virgil. the way, there are a lot of parents cheering you on like, thank goodness someone is living this like we are. This yes. It's not obvious to everyone. Yeah. It's not. No, it, it, yeah. was, it was the first time. My, my professor said, you never heard of Virgil? I said, no. Why would I heard of Virgil? I read Frank Pretty growing up. You yeah, know? yeah, right. So the one thing I had as a homeschooler was I learned to read and to love reading. And that helped me with the great books program because we read a lot. And that's helped me to, to, as a teacher because I, I love these books. I want to yeah. teach these books and I want my students to love these books. So um, that's a great story. So then uh, what was, what, w- once you're in the program, then you kind of realized there's a lot here. Yeah. And, and I had great professors, um, John Mark Reynolds, who's sure. a big part of our movement, yeah. uh, Fred Sanders, Paul Spears, guys uh, and gals, uh, Melissa Schubert, that really taught me first of all that I wasn't wise and that wisdom was a good thing that that'd be yeah. a good thing to yeah. have yeah and I thought man I really need to um, I love the story of Solomon 
when I was growing up, and I, I love that he asked for wisdom. And I said, Lord, I want wisdom. And that was when I was, you know, 16. And then I had these professors saying, you don't have it, but, but maybe this would be a way to, to acquire it. And This um, would be, be a way meaning more of a classical study? Classical study. discussion, studying scripture, the greatest book, but also studying the great book, studying Plato. Wow. Um, that God distributes his wisdom without jealousy. He distributes it yeah. to everybody. The yeah. Tao Te Ching, Plato's Republic. You can read these things and find wisdom there um, without, you know, obviously without elevating yeah. them. So that that was where it started, and then it was it became sort of a passion. I wasn't really good at the discussion. I wasn't good at debating. Um, frankly, I was one of the guys that would pipe up and say something in a discussion. <laughs> Everyone would look at me, pause. Somebody was asleep. Yeah. And then go back to the discussion <laughs> they were having. But about my sophomore, junior year, I kind of got some traction. I started leading discussions for wow. my peers. Yeah. And they said, Keith, you're doing a good job at this. And I was like, I am? Um, and when I graduated, you know, talking to my dad and, and different people, he said, I think you should go into education. Wow. Um, and so that's kind of, that's how I found this as my so, calling. So it, somebody's listening to this thing. Well, that's, you know, good. I mean, it may, there's definitely a better way and not as such a great way in terms of the way we educate. But what we want to dive into is this idea of virtue because the end product. And again, I think so many people look at this and think this is just the smarty kid school or the smarty mm-hmm. kid way or the you know, the pipe smoking philosopher kids that want to all go talk about these old dead white guys or whatever. But you're, you're talking about forming a human soul. And what you've seen, I don't put words in your mouth, is that this is, this is the, one of the most powerful ways to grow in one's faith. And then let's, let's jump into virtue. I want to kind of define <laughs> virtue because I think that's another term. Hey, stop somebody in the street. Hey, what's virtue mean? They're like, uh, be nice. I don't know. What is that even? It's a lost word today. It is a lost word. And I forget who said it, but the um, there's a, a quote. You can, I'm sure you could Google it. That it's one of the mysteries of, of the last century that the word virtue used to mean the manliness of men, and it's come to mean the chastity of women. You know, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, um, right. And, and That's it's an interesting shift. Yeah. Chastity is a virtue, and and there's lots of virtues, but it used to mean you know primarily if you talk to a Greek and you say someone's virtuous, that means that they're a courageous. Strong. Did you say if you talk to a Greek? Yeah, like, okay, like yeah. the ancient, right. you know, okay. Greeks would talk about virtue. Yeah, uh, and it's not not a contemporary <laughs> Greek person, but maybe eating, them too. While you're eating a black olive at the Greek now, yeah, yeah, obviously, an ancient yeah. Greek would, would say, you know, virtue means you're you're a good man, upstanding, strong, courageous, uh, maybe wise. So it it was a broader concept than uh, than how we've narrowed it down. Well, I think we've. I don't think the word virtue is even used. Again, it's one of those dusty words that sits over in the corner. Like you said, we think of it. It means like a you know prudish, chaste woman or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And instead, what you hear around schools are values. Yes. And and how would you contrast a value and a virtue? You know, Al- Alan Bloom um, says every school kid knows that values are subjective, mm-hmm. and that the and we we might talk about objective value. Lewis talks about objective yeah. value in in some of his books. But the word value just feels a little bit flimsy. And so even when you say, I believe in family values or something like that, it doesn't sound as strong. And I think that's a little bit of a concession to our culture that, Mm -hmm. yeah, morality is is subjective. Um, The idea of virtue is uh, the idea that value is not something you have and that you can kind of switch them in and out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Virtue is the excellence of human nature. Mm -hmm. Virtue means you are a mature, fully flourishing human being an example exemplary exemplary human being an exemplary member of your kind yeah so you know if you read aristotle if in your glossary when you make your dictionary <laughs> yeah it should be virtue and define it excellence of human nature something like that see happiness because for mm. aristotle virtue is the 
uh, the the activity of happiness. I'm, I can't wait. We're going to go into a break, and I'm so glad this is where we're going because again, the uh, the old uh, I don't know uh, fundamentalist part of me. Not that I was ever really fundamentalist, but I think a lot of the evangelical world hears virtue, and again, it's like, oh, good, we're going to talk about moral behavior. And if you're a virtuous person, you know, it's like I, I say in my talk, we, you know, it's the old uh, don't drink, don't smoke, don't you know, go with the girls who do. Like, that's what virtuous people are like. Right. And no, no, no. Uh, yeah, you have morality, but you're talking about actually a joyful person. Virtue actually equals the good life. It's a flourishing, full, joyous life. And that's exactly. what we want for our kids. So we're going to come right back and explore this further with Keith. Thanks so much for uh, giving us a, a little bigger vision of a word we throw around all the time. We'll be right back here with Facebook Thank Live. You. The first wave of Generation Z is entering college this year, but little has been known about this next generation until now. In partnership with Impact 360 Institute, Barna has just released a landmark study of the leading edge of Gen Z, teenagers from 13 to 17 years old. What is their relationship to faith, to parents, to institutions? How have culture and society shaped them? How can we better equip them, reach them, and help them follow Jesus with confidence in this world? Gen Z is a must-read report for pastors, teachers, and parents as you help to Tomorrow's Christian leaders grow. To learn more about Gen Z or to purchase the book, visit whoisgenz.com. Welcome back to Base Camp Live. Uh, Keith Buell and I are talking about the word virtue and it's uh, and what it really means. And it does matter because it's not just uh, who can outstomp who in the dictionary game around here at the classical school, but really, what does this word mean? Keith, help us understand what is, if I said, what is virtue? It's not values, we said before the break, so what is it? The excellence of human nature, the the traits um, in contemporary virtue ethics, they talk about dispositions a okay. lot. What is a disposition? A disposition is your your typical reaction, right? So if uh, if somebody offers you, uh, you know, maybe too much uh, alcohol, uh, your disposition is is to turn that down. If you're temperate, if you're moderate, uh, maybe not. Maybe temperance doesn't mean complete abstinence from alcohol. That's what right. it means in American culture sometimes. But it means not too much, not too little, uh, not too much food, not too much little. Okay, so before we go into, all, so, so you mentioned temperance. So yeah. that so that's one of the historic virtues that, okay. Yes. So what would be another one? So the four classical yeah. virtues that the Greeks agree on, uh, Christian writers. Yeah, uh, and picked up in the earliest the, time. Yep. Yeah, okay. agree so on. So we've got temperance. We'll, temperance yeah. or moderation. Okay. And uh, it's uh, the Greek word is sophrosune. If you want to go wow. go next level on that, wow, you, we could really take this another level. Mm-hmm. That might not be helpful, um, <laughs> but I'm sure it's good. It's it sometimes comes okay, up. Okay, we're going back uh, to temperance. Okay, justice. Yeah. Okay, yep. Uh, which is usually just called justice uh, has to do with giving to each person their due. It's okay, not just fairness because sometimes. Wait, wait, uh, wait, take me through the four, and then we're going to come back into them. So we got, got it, temperance, got it. justice, justice, courage. Okay. And prudence, or sometimes called practical wisdom. Okay. All right. So let's get back around one more time. So these are things, again, that we are trying to inculcate. Ooh, I used a big word. Uh, you know, kind of... Inculcate in our students make, and really model ourselves. We, yeah. We have to pursue them so that our, our children and our students yeah. will imitate us. And this is the secret sauce of classical Christian education. We're talking about forming into them habits, loves affections, orientations, whatever word you want to use, that it's just who they are. Yes. So I like, so because it was, when you said temperance and you talked about, so maybe it's um, 
contextualize it, you know, we want our children to not, you know, go to a buffet line and like load up five plates fulls of food. I mean, like how do they, that seems kind of silly, I guess, but temperance, what does that mean? Let's unpack that word first. Sure. Um, you know, Aristotle says that, a, that a, a virtue and a character trait in modern psychology says the same thing. It, it starts with small actions mm-hmm. and it builds to a habit and the habit builds to a character trait. Right. So you can say, oh, I did an immoderate thing. Maybe I ate too much. That doesn't prove you have this vice of immoderation. But when you eat immoderately over and over, it becomes a habit. And then over time, it becomes sure. a character trait and it can be a problem. A good example of moderation that doesn't have to do with food, that's kind of the go-to one, would be entertainment. I was about um, the smartphone. Like, yeah, I mean, this is a big deal right now. Smartphone, it's fun to check your smartphone. Phone temperance, mm-hmm. I like this. Uh, I told my students, I, I, I got into a couple of disagreements with my students this last year. One of the biggest ones was I said it's possible to watch too much Netflix. It's possible <laughs> to watch too much, to binge watch too. And they said, no, that, that could never be. You're not harming anybody. And that really comes Ooh, back to that thin, mm-hmm. thin idea of morality. Is moral, it's, it's wrong if you harm somebody. It's not wrong if, if you're doing, just you know, doing it for yourself. Virtue is, is about yourself. It's about others, and it's about your yeah. orientation towards God and the universe. It's a, it's comprehensive. That's a great example um, because I think every parent saying, I, "I want maybe we'd use a word like balance," but really you're talking about again these are these are the exactly. outputs. Yeah, this is an output, a direct output of classical Christian education, and this is what we're talking. about. I love this because this is the real meaty stuff that makes our kids and and unless see some, the world of, yeah. unless somebody says the balance versus moderation is just a semantic issue. The words we use represent the concepts we have. And balance is a really a neutral thing, right? You know, this thing is just as heavy as this thing, so they're balanced. That may or may not be good. Um, whereas moderation says everything in its, in its correct proportion. Yeah, that's, that's really good. A, that's more like harmony. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so we got temperance. What's, yes. the, what's another? Let's get justice. Justice is a big one uh, that we tend to think of as just fairness. Treat everybody the same way. Right. Especially, you know, in the classroom, <clears throat> that's really important to have fair policies. However, justice sometimes requires giving an A to someone who does better work mm. and a C to someone who does less quality work. That's called justice. That's, that's, um, it's a reflection of reality, right? So when we treat each other with justice, we give each other what we're due, yeah. respect, love, um, taxes. Yeah. Paying your taxes would yeah. be a, a form of justice. And I was going to inject, you said over breaks, and what, what's the school now that has, they claim virtues, or was it the, what, that have nine or some huge number? Yeah, Intellectual Virtues Academy in Long Beach, California. Okay. It's so, a public charter school, but yeah. they have a big list of intellectual virtues. So again, it, this is to your point, and hopefully we keep coming back to, use the right words and understand what the words mean. Yes. Because the word virtue could mean, uh, I mean, sorry, the word justice could just mean, uh, yeah, it would just be fair. Everybody gets equal stuff and nobody can, and this is a huge, this is worthy of a whole other podcast, but we're in such, egalitarianism is so built into our, that anybody that gets something better, or any, you can't look at art anymore because is it good art, bad art? No, 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 it's all, it's all Mm -hmm. non-judged. And 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 that's not the point. Equality, like C.S. Lewis says, equality is medicine, not food. Yeah. Um, we use equality when people are being unfairly favored. We right. say, "Oh no, no, we need equality," but we don't. We don't. Um, you know, we obviously some people um, like with, with art or with a good example of justice in the in the justice system is some some crimes don't deserve as bad of a punishment. We we moderate the punishment to the crime, right. and we we moderate rewards to the performance. So that is that is just, and that's not. And that sounds it like might using. be unfair in some definition of that word, but it's right. not unjust. <laughs> and that's of course these work together. So it's like being using temperance with your justice so you can kind of blend them up exactly exactly okay, that's what's the so uh courage is uh again to quote lewis it's it's is every this, virtue is this at fortitude? the sticking point is this another word for it? fortitude is the latin yep okay um and uh 
Andrea in the Greek. It All means right. manliness. I like that. Yeah, it's good. Um, Sounds like a wrestler named Andrea or something. Right, yeah. Okay, right. Andrew. There we go. Uh, but courage is, yeah, fortitude. Uh, like Luis Marcos says, there's active courage where you're, you're rushing into battle because yeah. that's what's required. That's the good thing to do. But there's also passive courage or um, the kind of steadfastness, which says, I'm not going to leave my post. I'm going to stay awake even though I'm really sleepy. I know the enemy might be coming. Mm. And that's the kind of courage, he says, is required in every profession. If you're a mom, do you ever feel like leaving your post when it's hard? Yeah, right? Do you, if you're a teacher, do you ever feel like leaving your post? Courage says, stay where you are and do the good. That again, the the crazier the world gets, the more a kid with courage is going to stand out like crazy. Definitely. We've got kids that hear trigger words and they rush out of the room and go to a safe space. They can't handle anything anymore. I mean, how simple, but how profound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes it's as simple as staying where you are and, and saying, no, I'm not going to run. Yeah. Um, so courage is a big one, and Lewis says it's it's the courage is the vir- is every virtue at its sticking point, at its pressure point. Mm. When you when you want to not be temperate, yeah, it takes or courage just, to be temperate. Right. Exactly. Yeah, they all again they all work very complementary with each other. Okay, what's the fourth one? Fourth one, big one, Uh-oh. my favorite. The capstone is practical wisdom. Mm. Wisdom is actually needed, and I write about this in my philosophy research that I did for graduate school. Um, it's it's the Virtue that's needed to even balance all the other virtues. Is that prudence? Is that the prudence? That, okay. Yes. Yeah. And, and and if you want like the misunderstanding version of prudence, it's um, we it think, sounds like prudish. Well, that's that too. Yeah. yeah. It's not being a prude. Well, I'm just saying this is where yes. people hear these words are like, I don't want my kid to be prudish. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's, it's prudent. It's like a a Puritan name for I your know. daughter. It, yeah. Um, but it's we we think of prudence as maybe um, you know not being bubbled out of your cash, right? Not not being a, e- easily deceived. Like, ooh, that was prudent. That was cunning, mm. uh, if anybody uses it at all. I was like, did you say bubbled out of your cash? Yeah, it's, it's a, a quote cool from phrase. C.S. Lewis. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think it's abolition of man. Yeah. Um, I, I have a contractual obligation to get in six C.S. Lewis uh, quotes. You're, you're doing well. So We've got a few more to get in, but yeah, keep uh, going. So, you know, it's, prudence is really the uh, master virtue. It's one, of the, it's one of the things that distinguishes humans from animals is that we don't just act. Uh, we, we reflect on our actions. Uh, there's again active and passive prudence. Passive prudence would be uh, deciding what to do with these stimuli that, that come to me. People are offering me a job opportunity, and I go, "Oh, well, what am I going to do about that?" Uh, or people are offering me, you know, people are inviting me to different things in life, and I have to decide what to mm-hmm. do. Yeah. Active prudence is the proactive making plans. You know, I should think about retirement because uh, I'm I'm getting up there in, in years, or maybe I'm only 20, but I'm going to retire eventually. So prudence is this uh, master virtue mm. that allows you to plan your life and know what to do. Um, and it's, it's not easy to be wise, you know. I don't know anyone listening to this to, that wouldn't immediately say, okay, wherever you can create kids like that, I'm, I'm there. And I am so thankful to have this discussion because, again, I think we, we, we kind of stop at great books or we stop at Latin and we think, well, these are just things we do but the beauty of this and I want to let's talk a little bit about not a lot of time left but just kind of we were talking before we've had Bill Saints here on but just this idea of kind of being bright faced the joy side of this so these mm-hmm. things how did, what's the connection to these what might even look like behaviors yes to sort of an, an innate sense of joy in a young in a person well I think the general psychological principle and every parent knows it is is reward what you want to see more of yeah uh, shine a light on something and it will grow yep and when we see when we name virtuous behaviors we're going to see more of them and then they might become habits and then they might become character so, ha- traits. so, so yeah because and this is schools need to be careful this parents need to be careful of it what again that's a great idea what we 
value is what we celebrate. Yes. And I say it all the time. Don't ask your kids as soon as they get in the car. First thing in your mouth, did you have fun? And what grade did you get? Like those are not the two first things you should be asking. So what should you ask? What would enforce virtue? I think that one of the things I'm trying to implement this year, just very practically is a, um, a list of the classical virtues. There's four classical virtues yeah. and three theological virtues. Which are? Um, faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love. Okay. Uh, C.S. Lewis talks about them in Mere Christianity. and you know, Yeah, that was your fourth C.S. Lewis. Um, I'm just I'm there just we go. I'm yes, Aquinas talks about them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and so I think that one of the things I'm going to encourage my students uh, and parents to do is to say, just pull up the list and go through it and reflect on, look at the definition, reflect on where your family is at with regard to that, that um, virtue. My family of origin... Uh, we had a lot of moderation going on. It's okay to admit that and say, look, we have this vice we need to repent of. We're struggling with it. Yeah. Um, maybe um, moderation is not the one, the, the thing that we're great at. Um, my dad had a lot of prudence. He was a very wise guy. People would come to him for counsel. Um, you know, how are we doing on courage? I'm not really sure about that one. What does that mean? Let's, let's go back and research that one yeah. some more. So just having the conversation, I think, at the parent and student level is going to help us in the classroom to continue that conversation, reward those behaviors when they show up in the classroom context. But isn't some of just to the basic level, just being aware that these are kind of the proverbial dashboard in front of our kids. Like I got the courage dashboard on, I got the temperance or, so if my kid is actually showing courage, like let's verbally acknowledge name it and call it took a tremendous amount of courage young man for you to step up and defend your sister or you know say that about your mom and you know whatever just give give word to that yes i'll give you two examples from my students i've got one student that um she can be tempted to complain too much you have a student like i do yeah um (laughs) and one of uh, and and so you can you can recast that and say you know what it is is she's always complaining when there's a an injustice going on in the Mm. classroom and i said you have a g- really strong sense of justice. Her parents are in law enforcement. That helps. That would explain it. And I said, um, you can help me. You're, when your meter starts going to the unjust side of things, right? go ahead and talk to me after class and, and, t- and, and, and tell me what you saw. Maybe I have a special arrangement with that student, and so you don't really understand that. But also, maybe you're catching me when I'm being inconsistent. Mm. So she's become a resource to me and not just a sort of vocal That's complainer. Right. But So um, you're affirming what is an innate... Uh, virtue she's already carrying around with her. She's got it, and I and I want to strengthen that yeah. justice. I don't want to uh, to damp it down and say, "Oh, okay. stop, stop being bothered when you see injustice in the world." No, no, keep going. Be more bothered. Do something about it. Um, also, sometimes you know, Christ's example. The best thing to do with injustice is to suffer it, mm. and, and sometimes mm-hmm. you have to yeah. stop complaining. Right. Um, another example would be in humility, and humility is a hard one to praise in our students because it's a temptation then to be proud that you're yeah. so humble. Yep. <laughs> but I think I still think it's important to name it yeah. and say um, to to someone that hey, look, you have a lot of humility. Tell yeah. it to their parents. They're showing up very humbly. They know things. They're good at things, but they don't brag. They don't. <laughs> they, they they show up when they need to, but they don't show up just to show off. And um, I have a student that I called out for his pride. Right? Just he just turned in a, a mediocre paper when I knew he could do better. And he got the A, but I sent him an email and said, this wasn't good enough. Mm. I, I know you could have done better. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think, I think you phoned it in. He sent me a, a, a letter back um, that said, no one's ever called me out on my pride before. Wow. And now I'm seeing it everywhere. <laughs> and it changed his life. What a humble kid to even be willing to receive that. Rebuke a wise man and he yeah. will love you. Yeah. So, well done. Um, so he actually loved me more after that. Yeah. And, and so what a, what a gift to go out of your way outside of the classroom context to say, mm. I'm seeing some of this vice or I'm seeing some of this virtue and I want to see more of the virtue. Love it. Keith, thank you so much. I, I'm Every time I... Um, <laughs> 
have these words unpacked, I'm more and more excited about what we're doing because I was good with just virtue and I, it's kind of generally understood. I think that's a good thing when you took it at the level you're taking to, I realized why that's what we want for our children. We want them to love the good and come alive because of these, these virtues that are deeply embedded in them. Thank God. And, you know, just uh, one last yeah, scriptural please. connection is uh, blessed is the man, right? Psalm 1. Yeah. And uh, who is the man? Christ. So was was Christ the most virtuous man? Was he the most virtuous that he could be? Yes. And and that he, he grew in virtue. It says he grew in wisdom and stature yeah. in Luke, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. So um, wisdom and, and virtue and these things are a process that you can grow into, but it's part of yeah. growing into maturity in Christ. Yeah. Well done. When you write in the book. Soon. I need I'm to serious. get it published. I've, a, if my I, dissertation's done, I, I just mean, need this to get is going to be great. I can't wait. We'll have to have you back on. Keith, thanks so much. Thanks. Really appreciate thanks it. Thanks Take care. All right. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Basecamp Live. You know, raising the next generation of young people isn't easy, but we'd like to offer you some opportunities to join your fellow travelers in this journey of ancient future education. Hey, Kelly, you know what's really exciting? We just added to the website, basecamplive.com, a whole section that's uh, designed around getting the word out. It's called Start Here. If you're new, it tells you how to get fully subscribe to it. If you're a school leader, um, you can you can link on to your school website and kind of get updates every time we do a new show is released. It appears on the school website. That's kind of that's kind of exciting. And, and one of the things that I'm really excited about is this new climbers idea that we're putting together. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about yeah, that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just simply we want to hear stories. I mean, the, what, what I'm humbled by are the number of people literally around the globe who are saying there's a better way to raise the next generation and they're jumping in whatever their context is and we want to know what you're doing and kind of how you discovered this and we're just going to create some kind of smaller little vignettes of stories of people and uh, so yeah info at basecamplive.com let us know what your story is yeah we don't have to do this alone info at basecamplive.com that sounds great all right thanks for joining us and see you at the next episode